coaching humans on how to get clear about the work they're doing. By listening to others spill their guts, I know you'll relate, relieve some stress, and find the tools to freaking do what you feel called to do. Hello, and welcome to Business Therapy, episode number 30, how to create a pitch Mm, that wins with milk and cocoa. I'm sorry. I don't know why Mm, like that. I know Amy from milk and cocoa, and I think she's going to be fine with that. mm, But I'd like to I'd like to apologize for you if it was unsavory in any way. Not going to delete it, though. I'm very excited that you're here. This is a phenomenal episode. You are going to love it because this is what I like to call a brass tacks episode. We getting down to the real numbers, talking about some real deal things. Amy came to my Build an Awesome Brand workshop in Arizona. She is a peach, a treat, a doll, a gem. And I really, really loved talking to her because she is in a position that I know so many people are in in that she worked for somebody. She did something else. And now she wants to do something for herself. And she's going to take lots of those skills that she did for this big agency that she did for someone else. And now she wants to pivot and start doing them for herself. And even if this is not your situation, we're still going to cover so many applicable things. So I'm really, really excited about this episode. And I also just want to remind you, this exact episode is the perfect example of why coming to our retreat in April would be a really good idea. So we've got just a few spots left for our mastermind retreat. There's no qualifications. There's no requirements that you come to the retreat. But I want to tell you really quick before we get into this episode, why I think this is such a perfect example of how the retreat would be able to help you. But I'll talk about me because you know I love to do that. So last year, I was just really struggling with paying people on time. So I went from having like one full salaried employee to increasing that salary and then adding two more full salaries plus some other bigger business expenses. And I just thought seriously all year that I was failing, that I should quit and that I wasn't able to run a business. Come tax time, come the end of the year, I go to meet with my accountant. And of course, all along the year, we've been keeping profit and loss statements, P&Ls. I've been working with the bookkeeper, but also I've just been like really depressed and overwhelmed and really not looking, just kind of always feeling like I'm not making any money. I must be a failure. Lo and behold, I go to meet with my CPA and realize I have had money, but like it's just been coming at weird times. And I'm talking this over with my friend, Susan Peterson, a freshly picked and really starting to go into it with her. And she's like, you just have a cash flow problem. And I was like, wait, what? A cash flow problem? Like, I've heard that. I've heard people talk about cash flow like all year. You guys, I walked around thinking that I was a failure who should quit. Truly, honestly, I got the closest to quitting that I've ever been last year. And when I got an outside perspective, when I got somebody who could help me pull back and stop and look at my business, my friend, Susan, okay. But then also I talked to a few other people and it took me a long time. It wasn't just Susan. There were a couple other conversations, but what I'm saying is you have that one aha moment that helps you realize 
You're not a failure. This is a very common problem. Let's just tweak it one degree to the right. I would have saved myself almost a year's worth of agony and truly quitting. And that's the importance of coming to something like our mastermind retreat. I feel like what I talked about with Amy and the the really specific brass tacks of what I give her is a good example of what I'm going to be able to do for you in person. And Ashley too. Actually, Susan Peterson is going to be at our mastermind retreat as well. We have such good people coming to our mastermind retreat, okay? Think of what I do here for Amy in this episode, and I would have given her even more numbers, more time, help her outline this even more, and that's what we're going to be doing. So be sure to check it out at allisonsbrandschool.com forward slash retreat. There's a few spots left, and don't say that you're going to do it next time because there may or may not be a next time. I'm just seeing how my year is lining up. I've got a lot of stuff planned, and so if that's what you're waiting for, don't. But now let's get into episode 30, how to create a pitch that wins with Mill and Coco. So Amy, you primarily, you're sharing on Instagram. Yeah, mostly sharing on Instagram. We do have a blog that's almost 11 years old. Uh, So we've been doing it for a really long time. I do remember talking to you. We we spoke at the the workshop in Arizona. And so I do, I remember a little bit about what you're wanting to share. But yeah, so, so tell me where you're at right now. Okay, so I'll give you uh, a quick, as quick as a breakdown as I can. So the blog started as a wedding website. So we were getting married. My husband has family all over the world. And we were like, it would be nice to share with people stuff as we go through it. Uh, I was like, do we call it Amy and Sean's wedding? He's like, you're totally lame. We call it Milk and Coco. So we called it Milk and Coco. I love it. So after the wedding, I was like, I can't get rid of this. That would be sad. So we kept Milk and Coco. We got married in 2009. So it really, really, and as we talked, was born out of love. It was just like, this is our wedding story. And then it was like, we're married. We live in the city. So it just authentically was like, this is where we had dinner. Like I was literally blogging from my Blackberry. So that, if that tells you how old school it was, that's how I've it was. been around I, since those days. Yeah, so. you know, right? Like the rollerball posting to whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how it started. And then, you know, PR agencies kind of got wind of us, however they did, you know. And so we started doing some experiences. It certainly was not paid at the beginning. It was like, oh, this is cool. We get to do whatever or they want us to come and have dinner. And that was really neat. And then we moved from the city to the burbs, as you do when you start producing little people. And uh, the content obviously changed. And it some of it started to be paid a little, you know, the money kind of started to trickle in. And that was back when, you know, you could make some money yeah. off of ads, yeah. which you can't anymore. Uh, so, you know, our business just continues to change and change. Right after I had my second child, I was like, I initially was like, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom and kill it, which was not to, to be. I really needed to go back to work. I, I'm an extrovert at heart, like the extrovert of all extroverts. So okay. I went back to work, but in the digital space. So I, I worked at, for digital agencies for a few years. Then it got to the point where it was like the opposite, where it was sucking the life out of me a little bit. And yeah. I felt like I was not being the best parent I could be. So I left agency life last July. And through all of this, it's like the blog goes up and down and up and down. You know, Q4 is always our best time. Q1 mm-hmm. is always our 
slowest time, which I think is just, you know, absolutely normal as everybody. So I, I I think there are two things I like, I have pain points where it's like, okay, how do I build a consistent revenue model where I'm not like in January being like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. And I have a little bit of a problem and not a little bit. I have a problem with like closing the deal. It's like, okay, I, I can, tell you how amazing we are. I think after I saw you in Arizona, it really like I had a couple of things being like, oh, wow. Okay. I see where I need to make changes. And I got okay. home and made those changes immediately. Good for you. Good girl. Uh, and we've seen great response. It was, it awesome. really, my husband, it's like we're milking cocoa and it was like, okay, but where's cocoa at? Like where's, yeah. where is his yeah. content? And I yeah. got home and I was like, Hey, <laughs> So here's what's up. Either we stay and it's milk and cocoa and I need you to be more involved or I'm totally rebranding. Like I'm totally like rebranding and I don't want you to feel pressure. I don't want you to feel like you need to be part of this because you don't like I'm passionate about it. If you're not, that's actually okay. But if it's going to be milk and cocoa, I need you on board. And he's like, I'm on board. Just tell me what to do. I was like, Oh, okay. So not the typical response of most husbands. It really is not your husband, Sean, right? Yeah. I can even see like, there's this really cute picture of us from the branding workshop. I can see before the branding workshop and after the workshop, I can see the difference in your content. Yeah. I made a huge point to like really change things. We actually sat down January, January was not fantastic personally. So we, you know, you, you know, life, right? Like you just kind of deal with stuff, but we really sat down this past weekend and have planned out our content for the rest of this month and into March where it's, it's stuff that makes sense for both of us. We're really focusing on an inclusive space for everybody, like male, female, like diversity, all of that is really important to us. And I kind of just fell off of what was really important to me. And, you know, it's funny with Instagram because, I was always talking about stuff that meant a lot to me in my stories, but it wasn't always on my main feed, which, so there was a disconnect there too. Anyway, so we've really kind of focused on what we want to do. I did in December, they're obviously not there anymore, but in December we did all holiday focused highlights and they were really successful. We did things like, you know, like you were talking about, you know, do like every Friday I did a fashion Friday, but they were a joke. Like they weren't real fashion. We were wearing reindeer onesies and like totally making fun of ourselves. And it was massively successful. Anyway. So do you find Amy, when you do content with Sean, you and Sean doing content together, what are the most most successful things for you? I mean, I think success is measured in different ways, right? Like I, I know that this is not where I want to make the most money. I have something else that I want to bring up that we want to do together. But like, are, are, do people care? I get lots of posts from people just seeing how I'm doing my daughter's hair, right? Like she's a biracial girl and yeah. there are other like white moms who are like, wow, like who taught you to do that? And I'm like, I ask questions. So if you yeah. don't have someone in your life to ask, then please ask me like things like yeah. that. That to me is massively successful when people think that they can come to us or like DIY or, you know, my husband fixed my kids' winter boots because you know what? We didn't want to go and buy another pair of winter boots. So those things for us are really successful. And we find that people really engage with that. And that to me is important because... Instagram, obviously, as you know, and and anything social right now, it's just, there's so much being able to kind of punch through and somebody seeing something like that to us is important. We want our content to be accessible to everybody. You know, we don't want to be like, here's a purse that you can't afford, or here's flooring you can't afford. We want people to be able to come see how they can save some money, see how like as a family, we do things and as a couple, right? Like I think, I think it's important for people to see 
couples to be able to work really well together. So absolutely. So I want, but I want to know. So the first thing I heard from you is you would be interested in a consistent revenue yeah. stream. And so what's this other way that you would like to okay. make money? So when I worked at the agency, I created kind of micro, like I, I hate the word influencer, but like really micro influencers. So we're talking like uh, people with five to 30,000 followers. Mm-hmm. That's what I would consider a micro. I'm, everybody has a different idea, but we held shopping events for brands. So one is Joe Fresh, which is Canadian, not, not an American uh, company. We did. But I know it. Oh, you know, Joe Fresh. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did Joe Fresh. We did Staples. We did Bye Bye Baby, which just came to Canada. Anyway, the point was that we were inviting micro-influencers in the burbs, right? Because I'm explaining to brands, listen, like you want to do everything in Toronto and that's really cool. But like the moms were not downtown, right? Like not everybody. We're mostly in the burbs and the moms are spending most of the money. So we held these events and we invited micro-influencers to come to obviously shop, show what they're buying. And on a micro-influencer level, it was much more affordable than working with an influencer because we were just giving them gift cards and they were massively successful. My roadblock now is I don't have the agency behind me anymore. So, you know, I'm going to Joe Fresh tomorrow night or whoever, right? Like I've talked to Home Depot and I've talked to all these people and they love my ideas, but they're like, okay, show me, right? Like, what can you show me? Do I use agency stuff and be like, I created this. This is how we were successful. And my other idea was, do I just offer it at a massive discount to get one under my belt and then be able to say, I did this, our company did this, and this Mm -hmm. is how we were successful. And this is why we were successful and really just cover my expenses and not really pay myself. Well, tell me this though, why this? I love them. I'm really good at it. They were really, really successful. Because I've been doing this for so long in Canada, I know a ton of micro-influencers. I have a database of like 200 gals, right? Like I know all these moms and... I, I'm just really good at building relationships. Like I, it's not just that I know them. Like I know that they would show whether I was at an agency or not. And I have a lot of fun. Like I was traveling the country, sitting in Joe Fresh's in Vancouver or Alberta or yeah. wherever it may be. I know that they would be really successful. But the problem is, again, you know, everyone's like, wow, this is a great idea. I number one worry that they're just going to go and do it themselves or that I don't have the proof yet. So I just need to get one under my belt, you know? Yeah. Well, here's, here's what I think. So at the end of the day, what is like your ultimate goal though? If you could have the exact business or be doing exactly what you want to do, what would you say that is? I'm just trying to get a gauge of what you really want. Cause this is a great idea and I can sit down and dissect this with you and give you a plan of action on it. Yeah. before I do that, I want to make sure that we're moving in the right direction. I'm more passionate about the events. Not that, like, I mean, I will never let the blog go. The blog will live one way or another documenting, you know, and it just has, it has, for whatever reason, I have refused to let it go. So it's, it's important to us. But as far as personally, as far as like contributing, like just being able yeah. to like work, work, that I was passionate about and I, and I loved it. And we had a lot of fun. I think when you're talking, putting myself in the influencer box, right? As someone that doesn't live in a major city, influencers were always like, this is so awesome. Thanks for coming, you know, wherever it might be, right? Like we did them in smaller towns. Like, hey, thanks for coming to Whitby. Nobody ever comes out here. We always have to go into Toronto. So from an influencer standpoint, it was exciting for them to be involved and feel like, oh, you get why we're out here. You get how we're spending our dollars. That was exciting for me. And then just kind of being able to create something. And every event was different, obviously. The Joe Fresh event was not the 
Bye Bye Baby event. They were all quite different. But I think that brands and stores, everything's online now. So being able to get people into stores for me yeah. was super cool. So they're, they're genius events. There's a huge need for them. I just wanted to get a, an idea of, you know, at the end of the day, do you see these events as a way to grow your milk and cocoa? But that, that's not what it is. It's like, you're excited about... Yeah. And, and so here, here's my advice. I think one, this is phenomenal. This is an amazing idea. I just want to like take a wand and bop you over the head. Forget needing any sort of legitimacy of an agency. Yeah. It's complete BS. I respect agencies. I love agencies. I work with some agencies, but you are an agency period done. That's all you need. You talk with authority and that's all an agency does. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right? What What is an agency? It's connections and authority and right. you have both of those. So you're milk and cocoa agency period. That's what you are now. Okay. So there's that. And then done moving on. My next question is monetization. And I want to be quick because I want to be able to get to some action for you. So did Joe Fresh pay the agency to host the event? Yes. How much would Joe Fresh pay the agency to host this event? Not sure. So that was like above my head. I honestly don't know. Would you do multiple brands at one event or one brand per event? One per event. Okay. So I work with a lot of companies. Let's even use my sister, Andrea Tubby Todd. So Tubby Todd, they have a new launch and they want to go into these cities and they want to meet these micro influencers. Number one, Tubby Todd is a very big brand. They have over 200,000 on social media. They're very social media savvy. They want to work with in a new city, especially a new city for them, especially a new city in Canada. So you being in Canada, huge, awesome. There are going to be all of these American social savvy companies who have money, but don't have Canadian connections who are going to want to partner with you to touch these micro influencers. So that's the first thing. The second thing is events are expensive. And so in order to do an event, it depends on your resources. Do you have a venue to do a partnership with, or are you going to be paying full price for these venues? Or can you leverage your milk and cocoa, your personal brand to, to be showcasing these things in a way that's going to be attractive enough for these venues? Maybe, maybe not. It depends. And so what I think you might need to do in order to make this profitable enough for you is partner brands together. That's what I would start thinking about there. And your, your initial question of, should I just do this for free? Should I just get one under my belt? I think you should do it for a pretty nominal fee. So for free might still be some money, but it's essentially breaking even for proof right. of concept. And then can you use what you did in the past? Absolutely, you can use what you did in the past, but you're just very transparent. You know, you're like, hey, I have over a decade in the industry and I have hundreds of personal relationships with micro influencers who I know are perfect for your brand. I can guarantee X number of micro influencers at this event for you to meet. People pay good money for that. Then these micro influencers come. So you're promising them like 50 people at the event. You're promising them however many people at the event, I do think it would be beneficial for you to maybe try to get four brands together. Okay. If you have three, fine. If you have five, fine. I think four, because let's think of it this way, right? Let's say you got 
four brands to give you $2,500 or $3,000, then you're at $12,000. Let's say you get them to give you $3,000. And that means that you're sending the invite, you're getting the people there, you're pulling it all together. And then they're in charge of... Because you've got to think of it from a brand perspective, right? So they have the $3,000 that they pay you, maybe $2,500 that they pay you, which is a pretty... On the one hand, an expensive fee, and on the one hand, a nominal fee. If you're just only making twenty five hundred or three thousand dollars, that's not enough money to really do this. Right. So that's why I'm saying get three or four people because if you've got twelve thousand dollars, you can get a venue, right? So then the brands, then, but you've got to think of it from the brand perspective. Is then they come in because here's what you're missing from your experience is the budgeting and the numbers. Right. That actually is the part you need. So (laughs) I'm just going to tell you from my event expertise and my numbers. Here's what I think you could start with. I think that you could put together a $2,500 package where you're providing the venue and you're providing the attendees Mm -hmm. and you're providing other exciting brands that don't compete, but also help attract. See, now as an influencer, I'm much more excited to go to this event with four companies that I'm shopping from or four companies that I'm meeting than one company. Or maybe there's one of those four that I'm really excited about. I show up and I learn about three others that I'm really excited about. So you're bringing together these partnerships. And I think the most beneficial thing you have on your side is your location. Exactly like you said, where there are all of these companies who spend $10,000, $15,000 on events here in the States, they would love to try to come to Canada, but they're not sure they can make it worth their time and money. And so you're essentially telling them, I can make it worth your time and money and introduce you to these Canadian influencers. Yeah. Like if I had a product or something, like I would personally partner with somebody like you where like, I like your personality. I can go and look at your Instagram. I can go and look at your blog. And I'm like, this girl's in the community. I trust her. She posts good content. So she's going to know people who post content in this similar vein. Right. That's where Milk and Cocoa is really, really important. 13,000 followers is nothing to sneeze at, right? Like you've established yourself. You have that experience. And so this idea of, I can get you 50 or 75 micro influencers who are actually going to show up. And then you're even providing the venue Yeah, that is very attractive because those are my biggest concerns doing an event in a new city is where am I going to do it? And can I get people to show up? But then to finish my thought as the brand, I have to think I'm paying Amy $3,000. I'm spending $1,000 on airfare. I'm spending $1,000 on hotel. I'm spending two to $3,000 in product. It's still a $10,000 marketing cost for them. And so that's why rather than saying charge $10,000 out of the gate, I'm saying you with your proven track record and your experience going to companies and saying, I'm doing an influencer shopping experience. And then of course, you can even help the brands coordinate an online giveaway. You could start tying in or you could say, and then I do giveaways and promotions for each one of these brands on my personal channels. And that's a bonus. That's like something that you're not charging for, but you're like, it's part of the package. If you're interested in doing a giveaway, I love to then introduce these brands to my community of 13,000. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then as a brand, they're thinking, okay, I might've spent $500 on a partnership with somebody like Amy. I might've spent X amount of dollars trying to find all these people. I might've spent $5,000 on a venue, but if you can help mitigate those costs, this is a very attractive package. Now as an agency, now as Milk and Cocoa Agency, they might come back to you and say, 
we don't want this. We want this. And the only way you're going to have that conversation is by showing up with an offering. Because when you show up with an offering, you're telling them, here's a set of skills that I have. And then you say, but my ultimate goal is to serve you and your marketing needs. So if you think there's another way I could serve you, let me know. And this is verbatim what I just said to a sponsor I was talking to and about an event I'm going to do. Where I go, hey, here's what I'm working on and here's what I have. At the end of the day, what I want is to see if there's a way to take my skills and services and your marketing needs and make it a mutually beneficial situation. And every single time I say that, people go, yes, thank you. Yeah. And here's the thing is, I'm not just saying it. I mean it. Yeah. And then I back it up with flexibility. I back it up with creative ideas. And Amy, I know you have both of those things. Now tell me what red flag comes up as I give you this idea. No, no red flags. I guess it's like, okay, so next steps, am I creating a deck? Next steps. So remember your bread and butter are these influencers and that you can get them to show up. And so you want four brands you're going to pitch like 20, right? Or 25. Yep. And here's the thing, Amy, if everybody says no, you're one step closer. Yeah. I'm okay with no. I get it all the time. That I'm okay with. I'm so excited for you because that's why I wanted to hear what you wanted first, right? I'm so excited for you because you liked sharing what was going on in your life. You created the blog as a way to build community to celebrate this beautiful thing in your life. And at the end of the day, I think you really just love building community. Yes. And a wedding is in person and these events are in person and brands need experiential events to compete in the marketplace today. They absolutely need experiential events. And so other things that you could offer is you could partner with local treats and goodies and you could start, you know, doing swag bags after you start building up the momentum. I mean, you could start bringing in sponsorships on top of the partnerships. I mean, the one thing that's going to be tricky is after your fifth event, who do you get there for free? You don't need to worry about that now. You don't need to worry about that now, but just keep in mind the way, and I know that you will treat everybody amazing, but keep in mind people showing up for free stuff will only work for so long with the same group. You're going to have to be attracting a new group. And I mean, it's probably depending on if I get four people on board, it's probably worth paying some influencers to be there, right? Yes, but I would be very careful before you dip into paying influencers. Yeah, I know. Because the second you start paying one influencer, other influencers are going to show up. But the thing about influencers is they are very, like everyone else, this is every business, every industry. When people see me working with a company, because I am so vocal about being very picky about who I work with, if I work with a certain company, I will get six text messages Hey, who, who's your contact there? Oh, right? Yeah. No, no, in a good way. Oh, right. What I'm saying is, no, that's great because they're my friends and they're texting me. Got hey, it, who's got your it. contact? Yeah. So 
you got to find the key. And, and I'm not saying, oh, I'm always the key person. When my friend Jenna works with somebody that I want to work with, I go, hey, Jenna, who's, who's that contact? Yeah. Or Brittany, right? Like we all start or Ashley works with somebody. I'm like, hey, Ashley, I, I want to work with them now, right? We're all very right. passive people back and forth. Yeah. And so the thing to do is to look for the people who are plugged in. And that's the expertise you're also bringing is you're plugged in. And then, so if you want to partner with one or two of those plugged in people, or this isn't out of the question too, to say, we're going to be hosting this event. If you have another friend who falls into these parameters and you would like to bring, let us know because people like coming as groups or sometimes it's a little, it can be a little dicey. You have to word that very carefully. You can tier the invitations for some people. If they're a little bit more of a macro influencer, you could say like, and we'd like to give you a free ticket so they could bring a friend that they feel comfortable bringing so that they show up. Right. At the end of the day, you want bodies. You're so smart and you know what you're doing. You're going to be able to problem solve. I'm so excited for you, Amy. This is such a good idea. So next steps, moving forward, put together a deck, put together past experience, and it does not need to be as crazy as you think it does. Okay. You say, I have... 10 years of blogging experience, a huge community of hungry Canadian influencers. And in the past, I've worked with brands like A, B, C, D, E, right? Yep. Great success. Yep. And then you can say our next event is on this date. Here's what I guarantee. And then get on the phone. Okay. This is new, new strategy for me is get on the phone whenever you can, because you get on the phone, you talk to the marketing person and if they like you, they just walk over to the CEO's office and go, I really trust her. I really like her. She's really sharp. Let's work with her. Okay. Right. These emails go back and forth and back and forth. You send something over, you send a pitch over and you're like, but you know what? I'd love to hear what you guys need this year to see if there's a way I can help you. Yeah. And, And then would you like to hop on a phone call? Don't be afraid to ask for the phone call. Don't be afraid to just get on the phone. Yeah. Especially with what you're doing, what you really want to do is you really want to listen to what the companies are wanting. And then 90% of the time, what you're offering is going to fit. And then you're able to, to help verbalize why what you're offering fits. Would you yeah. suggest I go after American people? Yeah. Are. Okay. I do. Dollars. I mean, geez, you guys have more. Okay. When I think of it, use what you have, go after what you know. I just keep thinking of my sister, Tubby Todd or Elle from Solly Baby or even freshly picked moccasins, right? Like they all have enough money to throw their own events, but maybe they don't want to in Canada because Canada is scary because you're close, but you're another country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so you getting them a venue and you like, they might be thinking, oh, we were going to do a Canadian stop and now we'll just do a Canadian stop as part of this. Yeah. Or we want to sell. And, and the one thing though, the one thing you might come across is shipping to Canada is always a beast. And so I would look for companies, American companies who have their Canadian shipping figured out. Okay. That's a good thing. Because that's the one hiccup. That's going to be the one hiccup for you. 100%. Yeah. But you can see like they're talking to Canada. They're interested in Canada, but never rule anybody out because they might be having internal talks about wanting to figure out how to make Canada work for them. And they just haven't publicized it yet. And then you might come in and save the day. 
I just think this is such a good idea. I'm really excited for you because you. you're really yeah. smart and you can just, you can do this yeah. and it's a really, really good idea and people need it. And just remember you have the authority and you have what everybody needs and you don't need that agency giving you that authority. Right. You have it. Influencers were showing up for you, right? Cause they were friends yeah. with you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The agency actually needs you. Agreed. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. in this scenario, people go where the relationship is. Agreed. And you're the relationship. Yep. You nurture those relationships. You treat everybody really well. And I think you're not only going to get people on board, you're going to get repeat people on board. Thank Amy, you. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited too. Thank you. Off to build a deck. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to see what you do with this. Find Milk and Cocoa on Instagram and reach out to Amy because if you're a brand, a company listening and you want to be involved in one of her events, reach out to her. Okay. Like I said, wasn't that so good? Like whether you're looking for collaboration, sponsorships, I mean, this is just good advice across the board. But like always, we want to take this from just insight, which insight is what? Cute. And we want to take it into action because action is drop dead gorgeous. And just to be perfectly clear, Alyssa Edwards, one of my favorite drag queens, she said many years ago in an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, I don't just get cute, I get drop dead gorgeous. And that's where the basis of insight is cute, but action is drop dead gorgeous comes from. I always want to give that queen her dues. She's got her own series on Netflix now. I love Alyssa Edwards. Anyway, so we want to get into action. We want to be drop dead gorgeous, just like our beautiful queens. And the way that we're going to do that is by taking some universal questions that come up during the episodes and applying them to ourselves. And so that's what I'm going to offer you right now, taking some of the principles that we covered with Amy and helping you turn it into a question that regardless of what business or industry you're in are really going to be helpful for you. And if you really want to take it to the next level, grab a journal, write it down, because when we write, when we put words to the page, whether it's notes tab in your phone, it really does trigger different neurons in the brain and different pathways. And I'm working on my book right now and I cannot even tell you, I am so shocked and surprised at the things that come out when I'm writing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a genius. I had no idea. So be your own best genius. Question number one, are you afraid to ask for what you want because you don't feel legit enough? This is a question that in lots of different ways comes up because it's something that I think we need to address regularly. This imposter syndrome, this I'm not legit enough. So Amy was having a hard time trusting her skills without the backing of an agency. And like you heard me say to Amy, especially as somebody who owns a business and runs a business now, I never say, oh my gosh, they are nothing without you. I was talking to a friend last night and she's doing all of these amazing keynotes and she's traveling all across the country doing keynotes, but to thousands of people, but she's getting booked through her full-time job. And I was like, oh, do you get paid for your keynotes? She's like, sometimes, but I think they're giving the majority of the keynote pay to her company. Now, I don't know what the policy is on this, but I can see it both ways where like the reason she is getting booked is because she works for this corporation. And as somebody who gets booked from, I get booked on my keynotes, being found and people knowing to book me is like the one of the biggest parts. I don't have a booking agent right now. And so I'm like, on the one hand, they totally should be giving you 
you know, a stipend or these different things. On the other hand, they're bringing in the business. So anyway, what I'm saying is I see it both ways. And you heard me when I talked to Amy say, don't just discredit the systems and the structure that was there at the agency but also don't discredit yourself. You don't need to walk around thinking that the only reason a company or a brand would want to work with you is because you have some logo or some name. The reason people want to work with you is because you can solve a problem. Ooh, that's good. So think of that. Can you solve the problem? If you can solve the problem or you can help somebody start to solve the problem, that's it. And so right now, you guys, I am working with some freaking crazy big companies right now. We are talking people who do billions in business. And I am talking to like top people and I can start to be like, why on earth should they talk to me? I don't know what it's like to run millions, let alone billions of dollars in a business. But at the end of the day, they've got some problems and I can solve those problems. So are you afraid to ask for what you want or do what you want because you don't feel legit? Okay, if that's it, then you just simply go, what problem can you solve? Can you solve the problem? If you can solve the problem, you don't need to worry about whatever logo or whatever company is backing you. If you can't solve the problem, ask yourself, how can I give myself more experience so that I feel more confident solving this problem? Okay, that's all businesses. We're just solving problems. Okay, business therapy question number two. Have you created an offering to send to people? Uh, hi. So I'm talking to Amy and I am not even talking about a full blown media kit, right? So, you know, a media kit is where you're like, hey, I'm Allison. I have this many downloads on my podcast. Everybody loves me. Here's the people I've used to work with. I'm not even talking about having a full on media kit. I am talking about a Google doc that says, here's what I'm doing. Here's the numbers. Here's the lines, or even just an email, like an email that you copy and paste when everything is abstract, when everything is the, in the air, that makes it impossible to even have conversations with people, right? Like you've got to have some follow-up. So right now I'm working on getting some sponsors from some different events, cough, dance party, cough, podcast tour. And when I work on getting those sponsors, I get on the phone. Like I said to Amy, I get on the freaking phone as much as I possibly can. And then we actually this time put together a line sheet that just had all of the different, I used to do a whole media kit, a whole sponsor package. It was designed and all this stuff. And I think that's great. And I don't know, I've gone back and forth, but honestly, the people that I've gotten, it's never been because I sent off some big designed media kit or sponsor package. It's been phone calls, emails, and then seeing it in writing, doing a scope of work. So a scope of work is simply like, here's the things I'm going to do for you. Here's the cost it's going to be. And so what I've been doing for my sponsorships is I just listed out all of the sponsorship opportunities for the whole year. And then I said, hey, and then here's how much it would be if you wanted a sponsored podcast episode. Here's how much it would be. And again, all of these prices are arbitrary in the sense I package them, I bundle them, I put them together. It might not be something that I offer all on its own, but I offer part as a package, but giving it a price still really has it hold its weight. If this sounds super interesting and you really are like, I need to know how to do this, you should just come to the retreat because I'll literally do it for you and like help you get that pricing in place. Because this is like I said, this is the stuff that's hard. This is the stuff where you need a mentor or somebody to talk to to kind of help run through the prices and like what's a good gauge. But the business therapy question that all of this rambling based in is, do you have an offering to send to people? Do you have something where you say, hey, 
here's what I have to offer. Here's the problems I'm willing to solve, but let's talk about what the problems you need solved are. You guys, that's how I get sponsors is I don't come into them and say, here's what I'm doing. It's going to look exactly like this and you should do it. I say, what are your goals? right now? What are your needs right now? I wonder if I have an offering, huh? I wonder if I do have an offering that fits them. And I'm always willing to be like, meh, no, not a good fit. Because let me tell you, there is nothing worse than working with somebody that's not a good fit. You feel like crap. They're not happy. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Seriously, why? Okay, business therapy number two. Have you even created that offering? Put something in writing. It doesn't need to be fancy. Done is fun. And business therapy question number three. Always, this is a great question. Is it beneficial for you to work for free right now? Okay, so this is something that I talked to Amy about. It's definitely beneficial to do things for trade and for free. Sometimes guys, like I just helped somebody work on a course and it's somebody that I love and somebody that I care about. And I am swamped. I've got all this work, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to help them format their course. And, um, in doing that, I was like, I should and could totally create a course on how to sell courses on how to create a course. I'm so good at it. Like, and it was, (laughs) I am. And so it was fun. It was exciting. And then let's think of it this way. Okay. Again, I was just doing this because I'm at the end of the day, I'm like, what does it matter? This business, this life, if I don't have time for the people I care about, that's seriously the reason I did it. I was so pleasantly surprised after I did it that I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. That was so satisfying. I would love to be able to do that for more people. But let's think of it this way. Oh, I go to do, um, I've created a lot of my own courses, but how many other people have I helped create courses for? Not that many, right? I actually have helped a couple people. Um, now by helping this person, when I go to sell my course on how to create a course, I'm going to have testimonial from her. I'm going to have stats from her. I'm going to have all these different things. If I choose to do this, I don't even have to choose to do this. And I am saying at my point where I have full-time employees, I have full-time payroll, cash flow, blah, blah, blah. I still, in order to grow, in order to pivot, do things for trade, do things for free, do things on spec, just do things to kind of like test the waters. When you get so transactional, when you get so tit for tat, that is when you stop having the fluidity to grow and evolve and to be something more than what you are right now. And again, what is the point or what is the fun in just staying exactly how you are? What's the point, man? It's not going to keep you in business. It's not going to keep you safe. You can't control the economy. So you might as well learn to evolve. These are just my thoughts. Okay. You got me first thing in the morning, like post-workout, pre-talking to other people. So this is just Allison really getting into it. And I'm so grateful that you're here. I've been loving the feedback on business therapy. In fact, I have a review. This review is from Very Open and Informative. Thank you. So if this is your review, what you're going to do is you're going to email info at allisonsbrandschool.com. In fact, if you're interested in the retreat, you have questions. You need a payment plan. We have some payment plan options open for the retreat. You just email info at allisonsbrandschool.com. We're going to get back to you. I believe it will be Mallory getting back to you. She's a wonderful person. And, you know, we're all in there. We're all making sure everybody's getting taken care of. And we're going to send you some goodies for your reviews. 
So I want to thank you for those reviews. And I'm going to read this one. Life and business changing from very open and informative. Oh, thank you. I adore Allison and everything she does. I would like to point out that Julie grabs these reviews for me. So I really am truly reading them for the first time (laughs) when I read them right here. I adore Allison and everything she does. I have listened to all her awesome with Allison podcasts and now business therapy. Thank you. I have followed her for years and truly everything she puts out there impacts me. But since starting business therapy, I have been so freaking motivated in my business. I have owned a small business for 10 years and honestly have not seen so much growth until I got this fire under my butt from this podcast. Okay, I love this. She says, I love the actionable advice she gives at the end and I take every week and journal them. Um, Everybody listen to her. She's seeing growth and she's journaling the questions winning. After 10 years, I've never felt as clear as I do now from answering all these questions and listening to others' pain points. I recently bought IG for you. And again, it has been business and life changing. I've seen so much growth and honestly can't thank you enough for everything you do. Roxy, (gasps) Roxy, email us. And I want to hear more about your story because I want to grab more testimonial from you. And I just want to tell everybody about you. Roxy, thank you so much. You guys, we're having so much fun. We have some freaking bomb episodes coming up that I can't wait for you guys to listen to. I hope you enjoy this. I want to give a huge thank you to Amy from Milk and Cocoa. She is a wonderful person. Be sure to check her out. My little Canadian dream. And that's Coco, C-O-C-O. You know, this podcast would be nothing without the people who are willing to open up and share. And just let it be a reminder to you that how your story and what you have to share, even your trials, your problems, the things you feel limited in, they're going to help other people when you feel ready to open up and share them in any way that you feel called to share them. And I'm not talking about oversharing or using vulnerability in a manipulative way. I'm talking about about true human connection, which is what the world needs right now. It really does. Thank you for being here. You're doing a really good job. Holy crap, you're doing a good job. Don't quit. Don't quit. And letting go of something that isn't right for you right now, that's not quitting. That's letting go of something that isn't right for you right now. So if you need to let go of something, I give you permission to let go. You didn't need my permission, but sometimes it's nice to have. And then if you need to hold on to something, oh man, I'm giving you permission to hold on. Please hold on. We need what you have to give. Don't quit. And if you feel called to do it, freaking do it. Get out there. My man, Mr. Eric Robertson, wants to invite you to join Pleasant Pictures Music Club. If you are a content creator, you can save 20% off with the code Business Therapy. So go to pleasantpictures.club and enjoy this jaunty tune.